We alarm our houses and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right. That's where Discover Card can help. Now, we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, the Undisputed Era has arrived. You have the 25 days of Christmas. Impact's going to have the 25 days of releases. I send it you to deletion! Yeah! It's, uh, it's hashtag alpha versus omega. Let's just say hashtag aroused. <laughs> no, you're going to step in that ring, and you're going to be looking at me eye to eye, and you're going to realize you ain't got a chance. Thank God we don't have to talk about it anymore because she got that cancer out of there. Sean stole my answer. I'm just glad we don't have to talk about this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. Kurt, you just recently surpassed 150 losses. Your shriek is intact. And we just found out that you have your very own shirt now. Okay, that- okay, okay. I get it. The good people at www.shop.com thought it'd be funny to put my losing streak on a t-shirt. But guess what? The joke's on them. Because I didn't have a match tonight. So guess who's undefeated in 2018? This guy. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the match. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Deezer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max episode 280, and we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. That's right, we are here and ready to talk a lot of wrestling from W2Mnet.com, and trust me, there's other great wrestling shows on that uh, website, so make sure you go check that out whenever you have that opportunity, and don't forget to go subscribe to Wrestling to the Max or the W2M Network, whichever one you choose. Hit that subscribe button, hit the five-star mark, and also don't forget to leave us a review and a comment we'd like to hear from what you guys want to hear and say and all those things that you want us to know please go ahead and leave those reviews and uh you know it's it's always a nice thing for us to be able to check these things out also don't forget to give some big love to from onewaymania.com and last word on prowrestling.com both are great supporters of ours and we want you guys to support them as much as they support us and also you know once again we want to make sure you ring in the new year with lots of great content so today we are bringing you a packed show of great content we've got some quick hits that are very interesting starting out the year and some things going on with many many different superstars and also we'll be talking about wrestle kingdom that's right it is days away not very far 
you are going to get a chance to hear us break this thing down. We're going to preview it and really get you ready for that big show on January 4th. And also, we are finally bringing you the 2017 Awards for Wrestling to the Max. That's right. We are going to give you all those great categories, tell you who we think is Wrestler of the Year, Superstar, uh, you know, Match of the Year, all these other great categories that you're not going to miss out on. So, Stay tuned for all that. Lots of good stuff. Of course, I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Paul Leeser. hey yo. And guys, you know, uh, we're coming to a day later than usual, but that's okay. Uh, lots of things going on over the weekend, of course, you know, New Year's, and uh, so we kind of had to push this thing off that way we could get some other things done and that's okay with us because it gave us an extra day to kind of get ready for the reward show kind of really get our heads put on straight and so i'm really excited that you know we did take that extra time to do that and hey at least we got the show coming out this is gonna be a fun part one boy i mean at new year's though guys i mean it really was uneventful on my end i mean i'm glad that i i got a chance to just be with my family um but i really didn't go crazy didn't go do a lot i just kind of hung at the house watched some movies which is very unusual i usually don't watch a lot of movies so i got a chance to chill out sean man what did you do for new year's are you kind of like me just kind of hanging out at the house or did you go out uh we uh the idea was we were supposed to go to my grandpa's but it became so late that we would have been celebrating in the car by the time my mom decided to get ready she takes forever in a freaking day uh they <laughs> get ready for anything uh so yeah the it, it's so we just celebrated at the house and uh, drank some some of that hard cider, you know, and then mm. I think uh, I went back to after I think we it went through Central Time. I went back to editing stuff on the site, and then I fell asleep. I think like thirty minutes later. So, when I, I mean New Year's, I think after a while, it kind of just gets like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's not this big old holiday i think that it is when you're younger and you go partying and all that and whatever i mean when you don't have kids and you're partying and uh, like when we were in college it was kind of cool because you had all your you know your dorm people if you didn't go home or if you uh lived in an apartment you could do something with everybody there but like you know it's cool for like that moment with an eye and 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 everybody else but then after that i'm kind of like all right whatever it's 2000 it's whatever the year is now let's move on yeah uh, you know it's kind of like that i agree with you last year i tried drinking an entire bottle of champagne by myself so i didn't try that this year Um, so why would you do that to yourself (laughs) (laughs) i got it at work and it was probably meant for a lot of people and it was just me my wife and my daughter and Two out of three don't only drink, so um, that came there's also the better things to drink if you're going to drink something by yourself. That was mostly I where agree I was with you. from. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with you guys. But I, that was the one thing I had. For, and we, my, my wife wanted to try it. She'd never tried champagne, and I, I opened it up, and I'm like, "You got to use it now. You, you can't just, you know, have it hanging around open." So. Right. Eh, they, that that didn't happen again this year. I don't even know where that bottle went. I got another one for, from work, and I, I don't even know what happened to that one. Uh, maybe it's my daughter's 
dollhouse somewhere pretending it's a prop. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, New Year's, like you said, it's kind of fun, but yet, you know, sometimes you just kind of chill out and that's okay. But Paul, you're the party animal, man. What did you do for this New Year's? Uh, big party animal. Me and my friends have basically turned New Year's into a big, uh, giant two day excuse to keep hanging out with each other. So, uh, we always get together on New Year's Eve and watch the ball drop and we do a little bit of drinking. Recently, however, we've mostly gotten into board games. So it was us drinking and playing board games till like 4.30 in the morning. Uh, and then New Year's Day, we have a big tradition of going out to dinner together, um, which if you live around our neck of the woods, me and Gary's, there's a great uh, fried chicken place in the area called Babe's that's absolutely delicious. We go there every year. Um, so we did that and, and then hung out some more. So it's it's basically just an excuse to, to hang out and, and have some fun and just be together since there's a whole lot of us that's gotten much bigger since everybody started starting. You know, having kids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to add more tables uh, for sure. Yeah. But not tables a bad restaurant. And patience. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to add that in for sure. <laughs> so I mean, I'm glad that yeah, Babes is a great restaurant to go. You know, if you're in Texas or I don't know, they may have more places. I don't know, but I know here in, in Texas they're kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely, and you know, uh, also really quickly, uh, you know, I know Sean, you took your daughter to uh, like a little amusement park. That looked awesome. I was so jealous. I was like, man, I wish I could take my daughter to one of those. That, that looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, she had a lot of fun. Of course, there are certain rides that she still couldn't ride, uh, not tall enough, but she got to ride almost everything. So still pretty fun, and she enjoyed it. It's like a twenty. You pay twenty dollars, she gets to ride everything. It sucked for me because then you know you when you go to those things you have to basically take out a loan so yeah that that goes for going to any amusement park where it's not all included when you go pay the ticket mm-hmm. uh you know when you go to fair or whatever where there's tickets involved you basically might as well go ahead and take a hundred dollars because everything is is cash only so i'm sitting there going well that sucks because my bank is nowhere near here <laughs> and I'm not going back to get more money to get a $10 funnel cake or whatever. You know, they don't even, which is so weird. Like, it doesn't take that much for you to have one of those sliders on your phone where you slide Mm -hmm. the card. It it amazes me that a traveling amusement thing like that, uh, which they're all based in West Virginia, so it was weird seeing, you know, that's. The typical what you would think uh, are living in West Virginia kind of people be in Miami where they're not understanding <laughs> any of the people speaking Spanish. And, you know, it's a bunch of older white dudes just uh, like, what? What's going on? <laughs> it, it was funny. It's just, oh, uh, my God. That's awesome. Well, 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 some you know, folks once, didn't have teeth, you know. Oh, boy. See? <laughs> Another great way to ring in the new year by hanging out with people with no teeth. I like that too. So, no geez. discrimination here. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Commonplace in Texas. I don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> 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 uh, now you just tore down the uh, the Texas flag, you know, by saying that because now people are going to just think we're all in cowboy hats, riding horses with no teeth. Well, okay. I mean. You know, I think it's more common. I'm just all saying here. <laughs> I'm Cowboy just hats are too. <laughs> my wife, my wife is from Vegas, and she tells me all the stereotypical things that people outside of Texas say. So, 
just saying. Uh, here, when I got here, going uh, when I first started working, everybody asked me that question. Does everybody just wear cowboy hats? And like, no, <laughs> most <laughs> about like you know, ninety five percent of the people do not go around wearing cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tell them to stop watching the seventies Dallas and shows like that. So, yeah. Oh my God! Well, you know, you know, like I said, we're, we're hoping everybody out there had a great week, uh, and, and of course, a great weekend for New Year's. Uh, hopefully, you guys had a lot of fun. We're safe and healthy, and all that great stuff. But we're ringing in a new year. It is 2018, so we are going to jump into this thing, and it is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm ready for this year for W2M, and we're going to start this episode out pretty fun. We're going to do some quick hits here, so uh, we're going to be right back with that right after this. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, let's start this thing out by talking about a little illness. Uh, We had Enzo Amore sick. That's right. If you watch Monday Night Raw, you had the opportunity to see that little segment with Nia talking about Enzo having the flu. Well... We're not really, you know, exactly sure if it's just the flu or something like that. But WB was really concerned about him. He had to go. You know, there was rumors out there that it could be, you know, something that was, a, you know, alcohol poisoning or something. Maybe he partied too hard. But you know, WB did, you know, want him to go and get himself taken care of, and that's exactly what he did here, Paul. But you know, very interesting. You know, uh, this this sickness can never leave WB at the moment. That they just continue to have people going in and out. Roman Reigns just got over some stuff. I really question if this is the flu because they revealed today that they took him out of the Mix Max challenge and put Kurt Angle in his place. It doesn't seem like flu stuff to me if he's going to miss another week. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I understand the flu really takes it out of you. I, I've had it on uh, many more than one occasion. Uh, it's, I, it doesn't sound like flu to me if you're taking him out long term. And maybe they're just playing it safe, but that's weird. Yeah, you I mean could, could it be the moms? Could it be like I said? I mean, once again, people were saying some other things could be in play here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it really makes you question. You know, maybe WB is questioning him, or maybe really his illness is that serious. I mean, Sean, WB is going to pay close attention to this because, well, not only is it a guy's health, but you know, if there's some things going on behind the scenes, they're going to want to stop anything that's not good behavior. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't think they want any more diseases spreading in the locker room or anything that's going to affect with huge pay-per-views coming up here, especially Royal Rumble. You don't want that kind of thing going on uh, right now. So, And look, uh, we've heard in the past that Enzo isn't the easiest guy to work with and all that stuff. So, I mean, if he's having some more problems like that it's not just a sickness and that's why he's getting taken off of the mixed match challenge then it is what it is but yeah it seems kind of weird that you're already saying because of the flu he's not going to be on something for next week but it could all just be precautionary too mm-hmm. yeah, they, they have to be very very careful they're just like any other athletic organization they have to make sure that they take in consideration the athletes and their health and everything when it comes to their well-being right and i I think you're seeing that with enzo and who knows what's really the case or what's going on it's still like you know paul you were saying it it just really makes me question why they are not being clear 
on exactly what is going on. You know, mm-hmm. I just wonder. And you know, we you know, we'll even throw Paige in this, right? Paige hasn't been cleared to wrestle just yet. You know, after her shot in the back from Sasha Banks, and now you know we're still wondering what's going to happen with her. You know, she's supposed to be part of the Royal Rumble. We still got some weeks before that actually gets here, so she could obviously get cleared before then, but at, at the moment, I mean, she's another one you have to kind of question, what really is going on? I mean, is it really the next stuff, or are they just being precautionary? Everything I read said this was sort of just precautionary, and I believe on a news alert or something like that on WWE.com or the app, they announced that all of Absolution is in the Women's Royal Rumble, so... Clearly, I think it's just sort of a short-term deal, as we talked about when news of the injury broke uh, last week. They, they just There's a lot riding, I think, on Paige succeeding in this whole thing, uh, and just sort of, you know, w- when you fall down in the ring in a very public manner and can't move, you, you might want to play it safe for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I mean, and Sean. I mean, really. I mean, looking at this situation. I mean, we we understand Enzo. They could get past that, right? I mean, there's other guys, cruiserweights. You know, can kind of switch around. But you know, right now, Paige is in. I would say a serious kind of situation because she's in a big storyline with the women's division, yeah. completely with Absolution. And one of the, well, I would say supposed to be one of the bigger parts of Raw every week. And right now, they're kind of having a bring that back a little bit and, and tone it down because of this injury and everything. So this is just another mark on you know what's going on, especially for the fact that maybe Paige is going to do bigger things or supposed to. How do you feel about this one? I mean, this is kind of a, a sad thing if she was meant to do bigger things. Yeah, uh, she is the leader of that group. So, you know, if she's not in it, that's a big deal. And uh, you would think that she would have been at least one of the final four, uh, you know, if not go further, you know, be one of the final two even. So that's going to put a wrench in their plans if she has to miss because of not being able to wrestle still. So, I mean, that's that's a big deal. And you, obviously you have to keep watching it. But again, that whole injury prone thing, does that start becoming an issue where somebody – the, you know, talk starts happening and and people go, well, can we trust her? You know, mm-hmm. uh, was she ready to come back before? Did we, did we bring her back too early? You know, what, what happened? Yeah. Uh, you see this all too often with a lot of superstars. You know, I think Hideo Itami became a victim of this. You're seeing other people that have just dealt with nagging injuries or just seem to never get away from the injury bug. And uh, it, it affects their career. It affects the positioning of them because they're supposed to hit bigger marks. I think Finn Balor, to an extent, has taken this hit because of his large injury. I think, for the most part, WB takes in consideration the multiple injuries you might have and things like that. But they also take into consideration how far they want to take you. And I think Roman Reigns is a guy. He could probably be injured for six months or however long he wants to be and come back, and they're still going to want to put him in a big position, whereas some of these other superstars maybe not. And Paige, I really honestly believe they still feel like she's going to be one of the bigger pieces of the puzzle when it comes to the women's division 
you know, whether it's on Raw or, you know, later on down the line, maybe even SmackDown. So I don't know that they're going to take anything away from her. I don't think that they're going to yank the carpet uh, from out from underneath her. But I think this is a precautionary tale that we'll continue to see until she can prove that she can stay away from being injured. Because right now, sadly, it seems to be a continual situation for her. So... Uh, looking at this, and this is kind of interesting, uh, we recently heard on the Edge and Christian podcast, uh, the Pod of Awesomeness, apparently, uh, I, I think that's the name of it, uh, they yeah, they had uh, the Alpha Female on there, uh, and of course this is Jazzy Gabbard, uh, did I say that right? Jazzy yep. Gabbard, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, make sure I had her last name right, I didn't know if it was Gabbard or what, but she actually told them that her WWE contract was revoked. And the reasoning behind this is because that she had her physical, and they found three discs that were, you know, uh, oh my god, I can't even think of the word now. You have it right here on my dog. Herniated disc, thank you. Uh, herniated disc in her back. And this is serious. WB's doctors kind of called her on the phone and said, hey, we're so sorry, we can't let you wrestle in fact, you're not going to be able to wrestle at all for WWE, so your contract will not be here until we can pass you in a physical. That means there's only one thing she can do. Go have surgery. And doctors are telling her, you can have surgery, but you may never wrestle again. So we go from alpha female being a big deal in the Mae Young Classic, being a big star. You could tell how well people loved her at the Mae Young Classic. And now here we are today. She may never even get a chance to wrestle again. Uh, this is just a, if it happens that way, what a sad story, Sean. I mean, wow. I, I, I can't get over how the poor Jazzy Gabbard. That's all I have to say. These are always really unfortunate happenings when uh, it, it, it's like, it's like soul crushing really for you to find out, Oh, you can't do what you love anymore uh, because of some herniated disc and something that, you know, you see a lot of people just take care of and you keep going and with her it may be too severe and she can't. So it's just uh that just sucks. And she would have been somebody that you know WWE would have loved to make a big deal out of her. So that that's the other unfortunate thing too, is I mean think about her and Nia Jax having you know, big uh, matches or at least, you know, matches where, you know, they're going to make a big deal out of that. The two behemoths going at each other and everything. I mean, she could dominate the division. And now you don't know if she's even going to be able to wrestle at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think soul crushing is a great word. Here you are on the door of uh, a very large success uh, in your career and, and walking through the WWE doors and getting to work for them and all that, and then suddenly it's all gone, and suddenly your entire career might be all gone to correct this problem. And, you know, that's uh, very unfortunate, but obviously health first. You you want to at least be able to continue living your normal daily life outside of your career as best as you can. So, uh, obviously, hats off and, and best wishes to her. I think there's also a couple of... Um, crowdfunding support things going around too if you want to help pitch in and and help i think it's either to pay for the surgery or to help her uh just sort of get through since she won't be able to work for a while after uh after she has the surgery so uh this of course could turn out to be that she can wrestle again afterwards and she comes back and you have a bigger success story on your hands now whenever uh, if slash when wwe decides to bring her back 
Yeah, and I hope so. Hey, just imagine, I mean, if they bring her back and she's able to, of course, pass the physical and do all the things that she needs to do to get in there, developmental, and then wherever else they want to put her. Imagine that 24 mm-hmm. on her resurgence. That that would be so great to watch. So let's just hope that she gets to have one of those. I think that would be so much fun and I really want her to do well because, well, like I said, at the Mayan Classic, people loved her. They were really into what she was doing, and for her to miss out on a big opportunity, it's just a heartbreaking thing. So best of luck to her for sure. Uh, also, you know, we have good news uh, compared to all this kind of bad news, injuries and possibly career-ending injuries. Let's talk about something that's really positive, and that is the fact that Beth Phoenix is going to be joining the commentary team of Michael Cole and Corey Graves for the Mix Max Challenge. And this is, of course, you know, going to be taking place this month, and it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the Mix Match Challenge is going to be something that I think is, you know, going to help. I think really kind of showcase a lot of different talent in various ways, uh, just because you're ta- teaming them up with just random guys and gals. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a big deal, and to have Beth Phoenix there kind of helping along this thing and and i think it's cool because you know we really don't get a chance to hear from her but not only that you have someone that is not lita on commentary (laughs) i i I don't mean to be ugly lita's awesome but i think beth phoenix is really fit for this role yeah i mean we got to hear her do commentary for one of the the six woman match that they taped for for the may young classic and she was i thought quite good on that or you know miles at least better than than Lita, who was sort of, um, I, you know, and I don't want to be too hard on her, but certainly um, JR being where he is at this stage of his career as well and, and sort of having that same relationship I found that uh, Josh Barnett had with JR whenever they were calling the New Japan shows, where it's more like just trying to be there for him and, and try to help him get through so he could do the job and stuff like that, even though when she wasn't doing that shit, it's not like she was great either. Whereas Beth Phoenix was actually calling the action and trying to give you insight into the ladies and stuff like that, which was very nice change of pace during that match. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for this too. I thought she was great there. I hope she's great here too. Oh yeah. I'm sure she'll do fine. Uh, you know, I, I, she will definitely do better than Leah and that's not having to say much, but I have faith that uh, we'll be enjoying her on that mixed match challenge. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I mean, she's got a, a lot of charisma. I think that she's somebody that people really do respect a lot. And so I think coming into this thing, it's going to be fun for people to get a chance to kind of hear her opinion about different ladies and, you know, even about the guys. I think that's what's kind of cool, and you never know. I mean, she may be making some uh, references to some of the superstars of the past, you know, some guys that she actually, you know, got to hang around and see in the ring uh, night on night to night, you know. And it'd be kind of fun just to hear her comparisons about some of these guys and gals. Uh, well, let's talk a little New Japan stuff. Uh, New Japan has been really, you know, kind of quiet until recently about announcing their video game. And this is kind of cool. Uh, they've actually made this announcement and it was, you know, their inclusion in the already released Fire Pro Wrestling. And so this is something to Paul. I mean, tell us a little bit more about this. This is kind of interesting that they kind of set this thing up. 
All right, so uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World, the the newest incarnation that was on Steam Early Access, it's coming to PS4 this uh, fall, late summer, early fallish. Whenever the G1 starts is, is what uh, was announced at the Fan Festa today uh, for for New Japan. Uh, so that's sort of a big thing there for people looking to get it on console instead of having to play it on Steam or their PC or however else you're getting it. And uh, New Japan's big news, however, is that they will be sponsoring and be a part of and, and uh, this DLC package that's going to come out sometime this summer, which will allow players to play as a young lion and sort of participate in a G1 tournament within the game. So I'm assuming this means we're going to get specifically created uh, character models for everybody in New Japan, you know, your Okadas and Omegas and everything like that, which... Is, is really, really cool because this is a game that has relied very much on fan-made content because uh, Fire Pro Wrestling is made outside of any license like that. So this is kind of a cool deal, and if this sort of starts a trend of maybe them getting a lot of the Japanese companies on board to where they can sort of use them to make character models, then this could actually turn into a pretty neat little deal here. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones in the promotional picture... Uh, for the game coming out on PlayStation 4. Uh, so, uh, you know, with the, the whole tagline about real wrestlers and real moves and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's great for them to be able to promote that. You know, like Paul said, the end of history, which uh, there's also plenty of them that didn't even come out here in the United States. Yep. So, I think the first one that came here was uh, for GBA. I had it way back in the day. Starting from then on, when it's been here, you know, the one that was on PS2 for a while, mm-hmm. uh, those you basically had to do, everything had to be created, and you had to go online and find out how you made this guy, and everybody's moves were there, just like in the 2K games and everything, but you had to find other ways around uh, having those characters in there, and, and whatever, and, and they, most of the, the those games don't have like a season mode or career mode or whatever, so the Young Lion thing is actually pretty cool because that would be a probably a first for that series as far as having something that's sort of like akin to, here's this mode where you're following this person and you're competing in something that's actually legit mm-hmm. happens. They also uh, they have a DLC package that's supposed to come out in the spring. It's, it's like a story mode, which sort of lets you book stuff. Um, which has a lot of people excited for for all that to happen too. So, uh, man, that that sounds really awesome. I mean, in career mode or something like that would be really great. I don't know what all they have. I mean, I would love to just to, to follow your career going through to being a young lion, cleaning the toilets, going and having matches. I mean, it, it'd be a lot of fun, you know, to to do that. So. Um, no, I mean, this is really cool. I mean, I, I've never actually played a New Japan game or in any of these games actually from Japan when it comes to Japan, Japanese wrestling. I mean, I've played games for Japan because, you know, video games primarily, you know, travel do there even if they're, you know, exported from America and back, all that stuff. So I, I think it's kind of fun to, to have this, though, come out. And I think, you know, on the heels of New Japan and all the success they've had, this is just another piece to add to that, and I think that's really, really cool. Excited for that. So, uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, well, uh, that ends us in uh, quick hits. Of course, you know this is the new year. We're jumping into a lot of new things, and you know 
News is always a little bit slower this time of the year. Um, that's okay, though, because we've got a great show still ahead of us. We're going to still stay and talk more New Japan. That's right. We are back to break down Wrestle Kingdom, give you our full preview. And then after that, we will be jumping into our 2017 awards. You're not going to want to miss it. Trust me. So let's go ahead and do it, though. We're going to talk Wrestle Kingdom now. Take it away, Gary, or whoever I guess is going to do the segment since we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> oh, Sean, Sean, do you want to, I, Sean, do you want to take the lead? Because I, I, I was going to yeah, ask you I, that earlier. I'll go ahead and do this. this I can't pronounce just, all these names, just to be fair. We're just running down this card here. And in fact, if you go to W10Net.com right now, you can read Paul, Glenn, Geo, and Angel talking about their thoughts on uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, in written form so you know paul did a lot of work to put that together so make sure y'all go check that out uh but we're gonna start out with a little bit of an unknown more so this year than it has been in many years past uh the new japan rambo has no participants at all announced yet so i i kind of like this it's always a fun thing that they do to start off the show and now it's a total surprise. They don't even do the whole WWE thing where we give you like 10 people and then everybody else might be a, uh, we'll see you when we get there. But what do you think? I, I know that in our little chat there, some people brought up uh, Hanma possibly showing up and this is a match where he wouldn't necessarily have to do a whole lot. He could win, just throw somebody over the top rope or something. But what do you think? Uh, I put in Hanma just because I couldn't think of anybody else who could really win this that could use it. Because that's sort of what happens here is you get a lot of old favorites from the past. You get uh, some guys on the on the card here and some people you just wouldn't have thought of. Um, I know Gio over on the, the preview pick Cheeseburger, which is a, a great pick at, at any time you get to choose a, a match winner. So uh, honestly, this is always <laughs> just a lot of fun. It's... Uh, I, mean, I don't even think they've announced a number, but it usually hovers around the 20 people mark. So, I don't know. I enjoyed last year's a lot. I'm looking forward to this year's, too. This is on the pre-show, too, by the way, folks. Not uh, not the actual card yet. Yeah, so make sure you tune in at least, like, 30 minutes before the actual start time, and that's when you'll get to see this. It's always fun, seriously. Like, everybody, if you're if you're one of those that gets on social media while this is on, this is probably one of the most fun things of the entire uh, being awake at 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning uh, because you don't know who's going to come out and everybody is like, oh my god, this guy, and oh, he's, you know, somebody's hitting each other with their ass and somebody pulled, uh, you know, Kabuki came out and did nothing and got thrown over and, you know, Michael Elgin won and it showed up from number one, I think, last year, so... Yeah, yeah. Th- this we was had just Scott Norton uh, last year, which was great. I was wondering exactly, and and you had a uh, Fujiwara show up and then put on you know put on a clinic the next night at New Year Dash. So Hiroshi Hase yeah. was in this as oh, well yeah. last year. Great stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, have we ever had anyone like uh, uh, you know? Uh, uh, I hate to say it, but like a, a puppet or anything win like 
Daryl or is it Daryl or Dylan Tanahashi's? Uh, no, Daryl uh, is who you're Darryl, thinking of. Daryl, but that so. would be a very DDT thing to do. Not to say that <laughs> New Japan couldn't. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, New Japan has fun with this thing, but I think that would go way past what they do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Daryl you know, was even in the match to begin with. Uh, I mean, man, yeah. I mean, I just love when the, the, you know, the bullet. As long as we don't have the 30-minute Dorimon promo from like two uh, years ago, I think we'll be, we'll be good. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. I, I was just kind of wondering, you know, if we were going to have anything big after this match. But this match is going to be a lot of fun. Like you guys said, I've watched it, and, and it's just kind of fun to see all the superstars that they've had over the years and people that you just Big, big surprise to show up. So it's going to be great, and, and you know, whatever follows this to, to kind of get things going always interests me, too. Well, following this, it starts the entire show proper with your first of many title matches. Uh, of course, with New Japan having so many titles, uh, this is what they do on their big shows. They defend them all, and you start off with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. With uh, Rapongi 3K, of course, Sho and Yo taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, this is going to be fantastic. I'm sure, you know, the Young Bucks know what they're doing uh, here. They are the masters of this kind of thing. It's going to be all about making sure Sho and Yo look good, but the Young Bucks are going to wind up and take these titles again because it's what they do. It's like they can't stop having these titles. <laughs> uh i'm actually kind of excited to see this it's it's going to be cool to see uh Rapogny 3k formerly known as the tempora boys over in ring of honor uh get a shot at the young bucks at sort of their full potential uh and i say that because we've seen them wrestle on ring of honor tv against the young bucks before and it was still uh it's been fun outings every time but you know they they were there to learn and, and essentially job they weren't ever pushed as anything close to what jay white was uh, to use another excursion example. So I'm really, really excited to see what these guys are going to bust out against them. The Young Bucks, I'm sure, are going to make these guys, uh, these guys look great as well. Um, and this show, I mean, this opened the show last year, too, and set an obscenely high banner uh, when the Young Bucks faced the regular Repugni Vice here. So really, really, there's a lot of story and all that as well. I'm, I think the Young Bucks are going to win this, though. I, th- I agree, Sean. Yeah, I, well, I think we're all going to agree, Young bucks i mean they're money uh they're gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait to watch it because you know they just really bring things to that next level and, and you know you got repugny 3k I, I think that they're really fun too i mean everything that they did at ring of honor yeah they weren't made to be the guys that come in and over matches they really were used to be the squashed uh in the end but uh, i think that these guys have a lot of charisma they're fun uh, it this should be a good matchup but you know still young bucks are gonna win Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of fun matchup, uh, this should be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, well, depending on, on how they do this last year, it kind of got fun in some spots, and then it was it kind of died uh, rather quickly. But let's see if with the people that they have involved here, uh, much different circumstances. Of course, this is the gauntlet match for the never six-man uh, tag team titles. The team of uh, representing Bully Club with Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, and Tonga Loa against uh, Beretta, Ishii, and Yano for Chaos, Michael Elgin, and War Machine against uh, Team New Japan, uh, Suzuki Goon is Taiichi, 
Mizuka and Zack Sabre Jr. And then you get uh, Team Taguchi Japan with Juice Robinson, uh, Togi Makabe, and, of course, Mr. Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, I think Taguchi Japan's going to win this thing. Uh, you know, Taguchi will be having fun all over the place, hitting everybody with his hip and his everything else. And, uh, you know, Juice is going to be on fire. Makabe's going to come in and do his, like, two lariats and his northern lights and get out of there. And you got a lot of, uh, I'm sure Elgin and War Machine are going to be throwing people around. Uh, Ishii's going to have some, you know, big buck ups of people. Yano's going to do his thing. Uh, it's It could be a lot of fun, but this is a gauntlet match where it just kind of depends on who gets eliminated first and, and all that and who's left around. And, uh, I still think Taguchi Japan get this get this win. What about you, Gary? You know, this is really difficult because, I mean, there, there's a lot of variations. There's a lot of guys that could really take this home. I mean, I love War Machine. I love everything they bring to the table. Um, and, of course, you know, you, you kind of deny that what Sean said. Juice Robinson has a lot of energy and is going to bring a lot to this match. Ooh, it's tough. I, I'm just going to go Team New Japan. I think that uh, it could be an interesting thing. Uh, I I went with Chaos here um, just because you could literally go outside right now. You could find yourself a dice and roll it, and that's probably how Ghetto's picking who's winning this thing. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> yeah, especially because the next day at New Year Dash, the one title you could probably count on being defended is these these titles. So even though, you know, War Machine look like they're on the way out, they could definitely win and then lose the next night. Yep. So <laughs> that's that's how these titles roll really. They they could just yeah. have new champions every every time they have a show and it wouldn't matter. You're you're not wrong on that and not only that, I mean that's what makes this thing exciting. It really does because I mean, looking at this list of guys and everybody, the mix match, uh, there's just everybody on this basically in this match could win. There's not really a uh, weak team, if you ask me. I think that's definitely something that is purposely built into these titles. Is that you know they're on the lower end of the totem pole, but they're fun. You know, you can always just expect Mm -hmm. something that you can sort of sit back and relax and watch and not really have to worry so much about where this is going. You just know. It's going to be a fun match, and that's that's mm-hmm. always you know a plus. Yeah, and then with New Japan treating almost most of their titles uh, elsewhere seriously, that's why they can do that. You can have the fun title because you know that when the other title matches are happening here, it's it's certainly not going to be a joke uh, at all. And uh, they do have one match that doesn't. Involve a title uh, before we get to the slew of title matches. Uh, Cody, well, I mean, this could have involved a title, but uh, Cody's no longer ROH champion. So you have Cody taking on Kota Ibushi. Uh, you know Kota Ibushi's going to go out and he's going to put it all out there, do his big moves. Uh, can Cody match him is another thing entirely. Uh, I think this will at least still be good. I'd expect Kota Ibushi to win. I'm expecting another just sort of fun match here. Uh, I'm sure Cody's just going to be Cody, and Cody's going to use all of his flippies to sort of get in the way of his 
rolling to the outside and healing it up stuff, but I got a Bushi win in here too. A lot of interesting thoughts going around out there too that this could end up leading to a U.S. title shot for whoever wins this match too, so uh, the sort of main event Strong Style Evolved, um, which is not unfound in our preview, but as well as many other groups and other pages that I visit as well, so interesting food for thought there too. Yeah, and, you know, I think you guys are right on this match. I think Cody really, you know, as talented as he is, as you know, his former Ring of Honor champion, there's a lot of things. I could definitely see Kota Ibushi taking this one home. I mean, my God, I mean, this guy is quick, agile, and, and uh, I think he could really affect Cody. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to be different. I, I think Cody is going to find a way to win. So I'm going to go with Cody. It may not be popular. That's why I'm going. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a too surprising, uh, considering, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a total guarantee that Omega wins, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes in a little bit. Now we have the IWGP Tag Team titles. Uh, you have uh, Killer Elite Squad defending against the winners of the World Tag League and Evil and Sonata representing... Los Ingobernables de Japón. Of course, most of the time, the World Tag League winners go on and win the championships here. However, I think this is one of those times where it may not happen. Uh, I feel like the Evil Sonata team is great and all as far as, you know, getting them together, giving them this shot. But I don't know that they're, you know, are they totally sold on them right now as going out and winning? Again, does it really matter? Because how many times have we had somebody change the tag titles mm-hmm. going on this match uh, or the entire year? But I feel like KES could go in here and win. Who you got, Gary? Yeah, I mean, I mean once again, I mean, really interesting, and I, and I get where your Sean's coming from on this. And Evil and Sonata, I mean, they're just super talented. I mean, they they got a lot to offer. I think that they bring something to this that, you know, is going to be, I think, really special. But, uh, you know, I, I just, it's hard for me because I want to support LIJ. You know me. I, I got to support my guys. But I, I think, Sean, you know, I think you, you made a good point. I'm going to agree with you. I think uh, I think Lij wins this one. I think this is sort of how the tag team division works now. If you're going to be in the mix, you win the belts. You lose them a couple months later, and they just sort of keep you hovering around there. And and I'd sort of like this to maybe act as a precedent too of maybe more random pairings or, or less, you know, not so random pairings across all the the um, across all the factions across there actually trying to gun for these. Um, you know, that doesn't have to have a designated tag team like Suzuki Gun does. You know, LIJ obviously does now, with seemingly with Evil and Sonata, but Chaos always mixes it up. Uh, you haven't really seen Taguchi to Japan chase it yet either, so there's a lot of different options I hope this sort of opens the door for with LIJ winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, I would love that. I would love LIJ to win. Uh, but it just makes me kind of go back to that, how many titles we have and who's all going to retain and who's going to lose them. And uh, I just know they're going to let me down and KES is going to win. That's just me being scared, I think. Just want to point out again, these titles really don't. <laughs> no. Ghetto does not care about the tag titles, honestly. Exactly. So, uh, let's go on to 
all of the singles titles now after we get through out of here. So this has now uh, become a hair versus hair match for the never open weight uh, championship between Hiroki Goto challenging Minoru Suzuki and no seconds or at ringside. Thank God, because with Suzuki Goon, it's basically like a formality uh, going on with them, and they ruined Suzuki's matches. Now, here's the kicker. Suzuki going bald is like no big deal. <laughs> so, him losing really wouldn't be anything. Uh, although, you know, no seconds at ringside. Yeah, but it's not like New Japan really has this like governing body that's ever really been talked about or anything like that. It's not like, you know, the referees are just totally respected on New Japan that they can't just take the referee out and have uh, people show up. So, you know, Goto has a friend who suffered a serious injury, and I think you might see this friend appear and perhaps uh, save Goto from losing his hair and I think uh, that might be what helps Goto get the victory over Suzuki. Maybe Suzuki doesn't get any kind of retribution on this person, uh, namely Shibata. But it will let Goto be able to challenge for that never open weight title uh, because he will be the winner. So he'll he'll get a rematch and all that stuff if he loses, I guess. But yeah, I think Goto gets to keep his luscious locks because if not, it's just a sad sad moment in all of wrestling for Goto to lose that wonderful hair that he has. I mean, I just can't see it. Like, can't have him have him do it. And I don't buy this whole, like, oh, he's going to lose his hair and then he's going to go crazy and start winning major titles and all this thing either. I just, I don't know. I don't think he immediately starts going on a tear to win titles right after this because that's not how New Japan plays this game. I, do, I think Goto loses. I love me some Goto. Goto's been a longstanding favorite of me in the company for a long time. I just, they've been trying to reinvent this guy so many times and it's finally, you know, all the failures, all the everything that he's basically gone through is leading up to to some big moment somewhere down the line, hopefully, where the fans will finally open up and accept this guy, and he'll start drawing for him, and then they can finally give him that big title win. I And I think this is another chapter in that story. I think, you know, another big loss on the big stage, and he loses his hair, and Goto's got to go out and try to reinvent himself again. And I, I think that might actually be for the best. And, and it's not going to be an instant turnaround, but... To say this won't do anything for his career or to try to, you know, revitalize it to get something more out of him than what you're getting right now, which is essentially the, the third tier, uh, and that's maybe debatable now, fourth tier singles title, I, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, and not only for that, that's a big moment for Goto to lose his hair. Big show. I think it'd be really exciting. I could only imagine the crowd reaction from that. And so... Uh, it, you know, it would be so nice to see, you know, Suzuki, you know, take this and, you know, just really make it, rub it in. Um, so I think that's why I'm going to agree. Uh, I, I, I just don't think Goto is going to be able to keep those hair, those hair locks. <sighs> it would be a sad, sad moment 
for good of losing that hair, but perhaps it leads to better things for him if, if that's the case. So you get the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match, which, man, they really could have just made this a singles match. would have been a wonderful token for them. But, hey, this, this Fatal 4-Way, you know it's going to be a lot of fun, and they're going to do some crazy stuff in here. But you got Marty Skrull defending against Kushida, Will Ospreay, and Hiromu uh, Takahashi. I feel like the story is built around Hiromu, him getting slided every chance available to have a shot at the title. Uh, you know, when you go out there in hockey gear to make sure that you don't get attacked to, <laughs> you know, claim your title shot, I think uh, that tells you where this is going I think this is out there for Hiromu to win, get his big moment, and and finally get the title back. I mean, they could also just put it back on Kushida as well. That's 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 always an option. Put it on the ace, but if the story's been around Hiromu, you got to give it a payoff here. What you got, Gary? You know, I haven't had an opportunity to really follow Hiromu and the story and all that, so I'm kind of at a disadvantage here. But uh, I'm going to go with Koshida. Uh, I think, you know, you've got to, you know, give him back in that realm of holding a title. He's just too big of a talent. It's uh, This is a really interesting situation. This is one of the few times I think there's actually a storyline reason in New Japan of why they're doing a multi-man match, and that's just because they spent a lot of last year not only working on the Kushida Hiromu story, but obviously Kushida and Will Ospreay had a lot going on last year too with uh, Kushida one-upping him around the world and in all their occasions up to that before Ospreay finally beat him for the title last year. Of course, Marty Scroll always a thorn in the side of Mr. Ospreay as well, no matter where they go, PWG, England, Japan, Canada, Timbuktu, it doesn't matter. Marty Scroll's going to ruin his day. Hiromu... He's got, you know, some some stuff with with Marty still sort of carrying over from Best of the Super Juniors. Obviously, both Marty and Will interrupted his uh, title challenges, as Sean has mentioned. And Hiromu, you know, he's he's still sort of been in the background, waiting for his time, slowly going more and more insane. And uh, I think this is another big moment where he could win the title again and everybody would just be instantly on board. That being said, I don't think it really matters who wins this. I think you, you have a winner no matter which way you go. Uh, and that's sort of the nice part about this. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think they they could go a lot of different ways. You know, Marty could just retain. I think Will Ospreay is sort of the odd person out here because, again, the, the rumors about him having other plans and it's not like he's been used the best by the company either. So I, I feel like Oscar would be the fourth person mm-hmm. when you're going around saying who's going to win. Uh, but either of the other three, I feel like it wouldn't be too surprising if they walk away with the title. And after this, you get the three major title matches. It's, so funny to see that for the longest time the never open weight title was one of these titles that would be in that that final three and now the u.s title has already come and taken that spot uh, but first you get the iwgp intercontinental championship match between hiroshi tanahashi against the switchblade jay white i feel like this is one of those times where you have no reason for tanahashi to win 
Uh, Jay White should go and win here. Uh, cement him as a character to pay attention to. Uh, you know, whatever tactic you want to use in the match uh, to get people to, to go against him, do that, tell that story. Uh, Tanahashi's the master at, okay, something's bothering me. I'm going to make you get get a hold of whatever part of me is injured, and we're going to make that a big storyline in the match, and we're going to keep a feel for me here. Uh, but I feel like the story is working with Jay. You just got to put it over the top. I feel like if Tanahashi wins, it might be it might kind of hurt him here. I mean, yeah, New Japan plays the long game, so there's big chance Tanahashi just goes ahead and wins, but he is getting older, and, and I don't know that, like, why not just go ahead and, and pull that trigger with Jay here? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I look at this as, you know, I, I'm not saying I pass the torch or anything like that, but I, I do look at it as a, a gateway for Jay Wyatt to come in and really showcase that he belongs there, that he's no longer that young lion, that he, he is here to be a serious contender against anybody on that roster. And I, I just I look at it as a great moment if he can get that, that victory and really showcase himself in a big match against a, you know, one of the New Japan's legends. So I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But for my for my money, I'll go Jay White. I I am picking Jay White as well. There's so many great reasons to put this guy over here, and they've put him in the best situation possible. I think to be an instant success uh, success success story for the company. Uh, Tanahashi, obviously, as Sean said, is getting older, and since he's really given up the the ace title to Okada. When it comes time for Wrestle Kingdom, he comes in a champion and puts over the other guy. Uh, looking at Naito last year, of course, is, is a great example. And basically, that's what he spent most of last year doing, was getting Naito more and more over throughout their trilogy of matches through 2017 as well. So, uh, Jay White, great wrestler. I think he's got the great look. The gimmick seems to work for him. Still need to sort of maybe tease that out a little bit more about just exactly what it makes him the Switchblade, but... I, he's in it, like I said, he's in the best position possible to succeed. I think these guys are going to go out there and just absolutely kill it. Jay, watch your new champ. Oh, let's hope that that does go down there for Jay White walking out, new Intercontinental Champion. And now we have the no DQ match for the IWGP US Championship. Alpha versus Omega, and I am not talking about church. Give me an amen. But, you know, Kenny Omega, this dude has been carrying that U.S. title and defending it and making that thing look awesome uh, since it's come into to play. And Chris Jericho, of course, he wants a piece of that pie. And who can blame him, right? You know, New Japan's been the talk of the year for, for so many years. And now it's his time to to prove this. He is the alpha professional wrestling. He gets to go out there and prove this. And I like the fact that they added the no DQ step because this makes it a much different match than almost anything else you're going to get on the show. Uh, you know, have so many weapons probably involved. And who knows if somebody winds up bleeding or something too. Uh, but I, I seriously think that they could make this more than a one match thing. You know, there's it's a possibility that let's say this actually goes off well. You know, Navy New Japan tells Jericho, hey, 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 don't don't 
don't just go off and be in the Royal Rumble that quick. Let let's stick around for a little bit. You know, be at that new beginning. Go on the road with us. Let's let's see what happens. Why don't we have another match or so? I I think it's very likely that Omega wins, but I'm I'm gonna go with that pick. I'm gonna say Jericho walks out and surprises everybody and becomes U.S. champion. Oh, this is uh first I, New Japan has just absolutely killed it with telling this story from from the video package reveal to the press conference brawl to Twitter to everything these guys have done to hype up the fact that they are going to go out there and basically try to end each other's careers has just made this must watch just from all that like I mean this is a, a big reason I think why so many people are buying tickets to this show. This is a big reason why people are going to be staying up late. This is a big reason why people are going to buy New Japan World to watch this show. So uh, all credit to to New Japan and Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho for turning this into uh, what some people think should main event the show. Uh, So (laughs) uh, that being said, I think Kenny Omega wins here. Although I wouldn't discount Jericho winning either because people are looking on the calendar around April saying, Hey man, Strong Style evolved. You know, you could have Chris Jericho main event against Kenny Omega and draw pretty easily that 6,000, um, the 6,000 seat venue you guys are doing. So I, I think that's a great option there, too. I think Kenny wins, and that's where they're going to do Kenny Coda. I think that's sort of the marquee that's going to bring people there, too, which is just as easily will sell out 6,000. So uh, I, I'm just excited. I can't, this is the match I'm most looking forward to. This should be something. Really, really special. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I was being distracted by some big things over here. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hashtag, ha- hashtag aroused over here uh, during this matchup. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, uh, and all joking aside. I mean, the sexy this is beast video. is involved. I, I know. I, I Trust me. Uh, I know. This is just going to be too much fun. It's going to be a, a big deal. They're going to make sure that this goes as well as it can go. I, I really, really believe that. Everything involved, the kitchen sink, blood, whatever they want to put in. And, of course, I think some great wrestling thrown in, too. I don't think they're going to stick to the outside doing all the hardcore stuff. This isn't ECW. They're not going to make that happen. It's, it's going to be, uh, you know, some some great wrestling, some crazy shenanigans. It's just going to be it, super entertaining. I, I hate to agree with you guys, but I'm going to agree. I think Omega, I, I, I think Kenny Omega pulls this off. I think it only makes sense. I think Jericho doesn't lose a thing out of this. I think it's good for him to still be in their mouth when he walks out of this arena because I think that it'd be so much fun to see him take on Naito. I just don't know that it helps Omega at all to, to lose against Chris Jericho, even though they can go back and have another match, and they may still do that. They may still have a you know a second match, a third match, who knows? But I think the first one, Omega, is going to take it. All right. Well, this only leaves the match that's been planned for like a year uh, for this company. Uh, the rising... From the ashes to Tsuya Naito and the changing of the gimmick and the having the Los Ingobernables and the the young guy that has just been become the ace and been there for New Japan and just 
he's Ghetto's boy and he's proved it every step of the way and Kazuchika Okada, the two Titans come into a head and you would think, you would think that this is set up for Naito to have the crowning moment to finally say you have eclipsed the period where people lost faith in you, you had your match downgraded at Wrestle Kingdom, you you were in the toilet, all that stuff. You are now the man. You are now the star. You are at that same level as those guys, as the Tanahashis and the Okadas and uh, whoever you know, whoever else. There's also always that chance that Okada still retains because he's Okada and he's okay that's scary that's scary Mm -hmm. you know uh because you'd have to think it would go down as one of those things that people are going to be talking about for a long time if okada still wins here because i mean you don't this just seems like put on a platter for you to give it to naito and have that moment that i think everybody's waiting for there in tokyo I mean, if you wanted to make Okada a total heel, I guess you could do it, right? But this is always usually you get the, you know, be be happy moment or whatever at, at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. Naito's going to win, and this is going to be one hell of a match with so much storytelling going on. Yeah. Hey, boy, I, I just can't wait for this one, too. I mean, uh, these two matchups... Boy, I mean, it's, it's just I don't know how I'm going to be able to, you know, to breathe after because I'm going to be rooting so hard for my boy Naito uh, after a big match that, you know, we're going to watch that U.S. match. I mean, this match is going to be, uh, I think, just as big. And I, I think you're right, Sean. Naito is one of those guys that has really reached a pinnacle. He, he's gotten to this point and it just seems that all the arrows are pointing up. And I sure hope he is able to do everything that we want him to do. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's Okada. Ugh. And, and you just you don't know what to say because that all that name means is success. All that, that name means is victory. And, it's, you know, I, I'm still going out Naito. I'm still going to do it. But, man, it's tough to pick against Okada because I could totally see them saying, uh, not just yet, Naito. I, I just, why, why would you do that to him? Why, after everything that he has done and come back uh, since since his excursion or his trip to Mexico, he came back, new attitude. This dude is, is the fastest rising star in wrestling. I mean, bar none. It went from low totem pole singles guy to somebody they wanted to try to make into the next Tanahashi, essentially, to... Uh, just not being accepted and is being snubbed so many times on his way up the ladder. And now they're, they're back in the spot that they earned back at Wrestle Kingdom 8 uh, in the main event four years later. There's just so much storytelling happening here throughout the times, you know, that, that this has been, you know, since New Japan has essentially captured the West's imagination on a greater scale. Uh, I... I can't wait for this either. I, uh, this is definitely second on far as anticipation, but this is still going to be a fantastic match. This is Naito's crowning moment. He he absolutely deserves it. Anything less is a disservice to both guys. Who Okada's absolutely fantastic title reign here uh, finally has a way to go out uh, on a you know on on a worthy end. You know it's 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 that time, and let's see if Naito can match it, which should be an even greater feat. 
boy. Uh, uh, this is just, you know, going to be uh, just uh, too exciting. I, I just don't know how words can describe how much fun this whole card is going to be. There's going to be so many great moments at Wrestle Kingdom 12. We're looking forward to a huge show. I mean, I, I can't wait. To, I'll be honest with you guys. I cannot wait till we actually recap this thing on Thursday night. Of course, that'll be available Friday morning for everybody. And the fact that we're also going to have Tom Reese, uh, uh, apparently, you know, at this moment, he's scheduled to be on with us. Uh, a guy that's been watching New Japan since the 80s. So uh, we are just going to have a lot of fun talking about it. And I almost can't wait for that besides just watching it. So it's good stuff. So that, is, you know, wraps up your Wrestle Kingdom 12. And uh, this preview has been fun, but man, I, like I said, I cannot wait to recap it next uh, Friday morning. Uh, uh, but yeah, well, there you go, guys. And we are going to move on, and we are going to head to our awards part of the program. And this is exciting because we are going to give you our best of 2017. All the people that we thought deserved wrestling awards from us. This is a, something that we do every year. And, you know, every year we kind of sprinkle it in uh, throughout the show. But this year we're just going to do it all in one nice segment. So let's get to it. Let's talk some awards right after this. Go for it. Alrighty. Well, well, you know, uh, we are going to start this thing uh, on our dock that we all are looking at. We're going to go backwards here. We're going to make people wait for Superstar of the Year, Match of the Year. They're going to have to wait. We're going to start out by the best gimmick of 2017. And we all voted. We all talked about a few gimmicks here that we thought were worthy. But the one that we chose, Chris Jericho's list. Uh, yeah, this one, uh, this was tough for me because I really struggled to think of a gimmick that really sort of stuck out the most throughout 2017. And even though I think Jericho's run with the list this year was certainly shorter than it was throughout 2016, you had the big moments this year. You had the Festival of Friendship this year. Um, you had the big blow up with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. All that stuff went down this year and certainly, uh, I, I really, honest to God, can't think of anything better that we saw that that we covered. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, Dalton castle finally had his number, but at the end, you know, and for a long time, he kind of was just there. Uh, you know, some of the other guys that, that are big on the gimmick, you know, it, they've kind of been doing their thing, but it's not like, they they really stood above or, or anything like that. Jericho still with with the whole thing with the list was he made that prominent this year, and it paid off for him. It paid off for Kevin Owens, and it paid off for WWE. So just deserved. Uh, you know, you're exactly right, Sean. Very well deserved. And one of the big reasons why I'm in agreement with this, and for the fact that Jericho's list is. The winner uh, is simply put, this list has really moved past just WWE television. We've seen the list being talked about on ESPN when you know Jericho's sitting there with you know them interviewing him about everything under the sun and the list. And he's been other places where people are yelling out about the list. And so uh, I think it has been something that has grown past just, you know, 
people just watching Raw. Uh, I think that's what's fun. It's exciting, and I think he's done a great job of getting that over. I, I look at another team that I was kind of throwing out there that I felt like they could have definitely got some consideration for this award, and that's the Fashion Police. I think their gimmick is a lot of fun. I think we've laughed at I can't tell you how many of their videos and their segments and things that they've done. What a fun gimmick. I mean, that was one that I think you have to say is a a really fun runner-up. Yeah, I, I'd certainly put them on there. I think there's a lot of stuff maybe out of Lucha Underground you could probably talk about in this as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Fashion Files certainly are are certainly in the running for this sort of award, too. Yeah, so... And you're, and you're right. Yeah, Lucha I mean, something I that's the first one that I thought of, other than Jericho, was the Fashion Files and how much fun they were, or they have been, The all the the parodies and the homages and everything else just they were awesome it's just i wish that they had been able to do something besides just do that and i think that's where jericho at least he was prominent in the ring still and he got to you know to use that for to continue a storyline that that was pretty big for wwe whereas the fashion files were kind of relegated to the backstage mm-hmm. yeah that's true. I mean, the Festival of Friendship. <laughs> I mean, you, you think about it. I think they even have some toys dedicated to the Festival of Friendship. So, yeah, that that list is definitely something that's huge. And, you know, the Fashion Files, like I said, great runner-up. Well, let's talk about Tag Team of the Year. And this was one that really is usually a lot of fun every year because there's many, many tag teams that are out there there that deserve some consideration and there were many of them but we had to come down with one and, and if you ask me this tag team could even be thrown in maybe if the most improved and that is the usos what do you think sean uh for tag team mm-hmm. or most most i i think uh there's Little doubt that anybody but the Usos uh, should be getting this. I mean, they went out there and they've had great. I mean, they had the great series with the New Day, but aside from that, they go out there and they've been killing it with the new gimmick. Uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, many of us are sitting there going, ah, "What are you, what are you doing with this gimmick? Yeah, you wanted them to be heels, but this is kind of hokey or whatever." And they've really made that work. They've they turned that into, you know, just something that that fits them very well. And then they go out there and they show it in the ring that, yeah, they can change their style a bit. They can, you know, heal it down, and it it's still great action happening for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are maybe two other teams I might have made the argument for this year, but I don't think anybody really stands taller than the Usos. Um, who, as Sean just said, shaky starts with their new gimmick, eventually found their way. That great, great series with the New Day this year, I think pretty much cinched it. That is just fantastic television nearly every week, and the matches, uh, they speak for themselves when you go back and watch them. Uh, Definitely. And, you know, I apologize if I was a little confusing, because I did say, you know, they could have been in consideration for the most improved award that we're going to talk about a little bit uh, in a while. Uh, But my point is on that is they are a tag team of the year for the fact that they did improve so much that that gimmick did work. And not only that, 
I think that they brought so much more energy, and it's kind of funny. They're heels, but they it seems like they brought so much energy to that compared to just them being, you know, the old just generic Usos that we once saw. So I think to that fact and the fact that they've made guys in the ring with them better, like the New Day, I think that they played off each other. I'm not saying the New Day needed their help in a whole lot of ways. I'm just saying that these guys are no longer just getting in the ring and just doing it. They're getting in the ring and making other guys in that tag division look a lot better and making these matches mean something. So that's got to say a lot. I mean, the, you got to also give them a consideration. We're talking about the Usos uh, beat out other big tag teams that we talk about week in and week out on this podcast. I mean, we the, the Young Bucks, War Machine, and some guys out there that have done a lot. I mean, the, the New Day. We just you know said to them they're they're always in the running for these kind of things. But it just seems like the Usos are that tag team this year that meant a lot. And in 2017, they were just that top notch. I, I can't say it any other way. Can't really discount the Hardys after their spring uh, this year either. Yeah, they they would be a great runner up too. It, it's for the fact that we did have you know Jeff get hurt, and for the fact that things changed up a little bit. But you're exactly right. I mean, going from being Impact champions, Ring of Honor, weren't they Ring of Honor tag champions? Yeah, yeah, they, they had they the, the ladder match this year yeah, with Young Bucks right. WrestleMania yeah. weekend, and then showed up at WrestleMania the next night for another ladder match and won. So, <laughs> I, it's surprising that we didn't give them that 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 title of tag team of the year. But still, once again, I I, I can't give the Usos enough credit for what they've done. It's well, there's also the it. part that Jeff got hurt and Matt's been kind of by himself for a large portion. So, I mean, if you go and look back at our point tallies that we kept up with with Superstar of the Week throughout the year, they're um, respectively, since uh, Matt Hardy's been singles, uh, Matt is fifth and Jeff is sixth. Uh, we love their beginning of the year that much. So, mm-hmm. that's very, very true. So they were probably the, the best runners up out of anyone, and the best friends didn't get together too early either. So we couldn't give them all, all the credit we want to as well. Uh, well, let's move on to another award, and the next award we are going to give out is to the best promotion of 2017. And I, this is basically a landslide. New Japan. That, that ain't, I don't know how you can go any other way, Paul. Uh, I would say that there's maybe one other promotion that I enjoy watching week to week when I can, or month to month, or however you do. Uh, and that's been Lucha Underground, as far as stuff that we talk about on this show with NXT uh, coming up a close third there. Uh, and if Lucha Underground was more consistent, they might have been in the running just because I enjoy them that much. But New Japan, matches, storytelling, uh, talent, everything they did last year was just terrific. And that's certainly built on the back of Okada's terrific, terrific title run. Oh, God. What New Japan didn't do last year. I mean, they go and uh, launch a whole thing in the USA and have that be successful, check. You know, have a, bring in a U.S. title tournament and then Kenny Omega wins and then makes that a big deal, check. You know, Okada has a legendary year to rival great years in the history of wrestling. You know, check that too. Naito keeps doing his thing. I just, and that's just some people. There, there's more. That, that company... Just kept nailing it and nailing it with every big show. 
having great matches. I mean, you know, Meltzer broke his own star rating system. I mean, it's, you know, look, he's just one guy, but everybody else was going gaga over those Okada Omega matches. And uh, those are just some of them. I mean, we could make a list, I think, of just New Japan when we're talking about, you know, best matches of the year. We, we could probably put up a good 20 or more or so. So, and not this very few the companies that could say oh i could do that too just new japan was on another level this year and it's hard to argue on that one yeah i'm right there with you guys and you know once again i mean you brought up a good point paul lucha underground had a lot of good things going from this year they had some of our biggest matches they were really fun to watch but it just seems New Japan uh, continued throughout the entire year by having not only success in Japan, but by coming to the U.S. and having that big show in Long Beach, by continually hogging the, the headlines at times this year and, and really, you know, bombarding our superstar and matches of the year or matches of the month, excuse me, and all these kind of things that we do. I mean, it, they they're continually going and putting forth just some of the greatest matches matches and talent so you got to give it to new japan but you know special love to lucha underground and everything that they did this past year let's talk about another award that you know is one that you kind of hate to give out but you got to and we got to give out the most disappointing wrestler of the year um and this is one that you know we're not giving you know discredit to the talent themselves but i think it's more about what happened with them all the way around the guy that we chose though is one we actually really like and that's ty dillinger and sean me and you both kind of to looked at this and really, really kind of said man this guy we really thought so much more of him we thought he would be doing big things by now yeah uh, i mean obviously wwe kind of screwed him with not having an advance in the u.s title tournament but i mean to be fair it's not like He's just been doing grand stuff on that show right now. So, I mean, he's kind of been doing nothing since he came up from NXT. I don't know if it's, you know, Vince didn't really like the 10 thing, if he thought it was dumb, if he didn't like the fact that they were screwing up the referees' counts and it would just get worse if he they kept putting him on TV. Don't know what all of it is. But, man, the dude's talented. The gimmick works. It's just like it's there for you. But sadly for him, it's just he didn't get to go out there and show it. And it's it's just really disappointing. Yeah, uh, I think for a lot of the guys that we probably would have talked about in relation to this award uh, is very much sort of how they're handled and how they're booked because they certainly don't lack the talent. And that's sort of what's disappointing here. And Ty certainly fits the bill there. Uh, lots of momentum coming out of NXT earlier this year. Um, had the big moment at the Royal Rumble where it seemed like things were going to work out for him. They had at least some idea of what he was going to be about and then never really ever cashed in on it at all despite them uh, trying to get him involved in the U.S. title picture even though it felt very forced. And uh, Lord knows Baron Corbin is not anybody, in my opinion, that's going to get anybody interested in who he's facing. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not you know far from that idea either. 
Uh, you, you know, uh, Ty Dillinger, once again, super great talent, gives a lot, has a lot to offer, but yet WWE just does not seem to want to use him, doesn't have, I guess, many plans so far for him. I hope that changes. I hope in 2018 they do start to think about him a little bit more, putting him in some situations where the, he can prove himself to them instead of just kind of putting him out there and letting him just kind of do nothing. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you know, Paul, you brought up a great runner-up for this, and, and this is an award that I think, once again, we could go through a list of guys and really make some big cases. But you, you mentioned Apollo Cruz as the guy that you really felt like, you know, was a big contender for this award. I, I'm right there with you on him, too. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, Titus Worldwide in general isn't exactly, obviously, a big feature for them at all. But you have one heck of a talented guy in Apollo Crews just sort of languishing. And that's been his story in in, uh, the WWE main roster land, at least. Uh, A guy who was brought up maybe too soon, you could argue. uh, And is still yet to find a gimmick at all. Uh, and, And, you know, sort of... Just looks like a big wasted opportunity for for everybody involved so far, which is just maybe the most disappointing thing of all. Is not only under underutilized talent, but I, mean, I feel like this is a guy who should be doing a lot more and making you money, and he's not doing any of that. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, like I said, I, I can't disagree with that at all. I really, really can, and I feel really bad for Apollo Cruz. I always thought they put him out too early. I always thought he should have stayed in NXT a little longer, and it's just it's, it's a big shame. Uh, but the guy that's completely the opposite of Apollo Cruz right now is the guy that has won our award for the most improved, Paul, and that guy is Juice Robinson. I mean, if you're if you're watching New Japan and you've seen where this guy was in 2016 and compared to 2017 where he was still sort of trying to find his way last year uh, into this year where he's very much been allowed to break out in, in every single singles title opportunity he had this year. He had three of them uh, for everything but the heavyweight title. Uh, a terrific G1 run. I, the dude, for somebody who we had clearly written off in NXT after a while to come back and turn around into this uh, this sort of caliber performer, it's just unbelievable. So, I mean, hats off to Juice Robinson. He's just crushing it. Oh yeah, no doubt. He, you said it all, Paul. But now it's you're looking at 2018 and be like, man, that that's a hard thing to top. How do you top that? He had a tremendous year, and certainly you're looking at him. If you still think he's the dude from NXT holding up the sign, you are not paying attention. This this guy is a legit pro wrestler. People get behind him. He is out there having terrific matches yeah it helps who's he who he's in the ring with and everything but still he's holding his own and giving that fire and giving that energy every time and uh, i think you got to give him a lot of praise for that uh definitely and you know really he sticks out he, he really does as a guy that has come so far and reached this just high high level I'm really excited for him, and, you know, man, 2017 has been so good to him. So there you go with that. Now, we've got to talk about a pay-per-view or a special event, even maybe a network special. Um, Any of those would qualify for this award. But this is for the best event of 2017 in wrestling. 
And we picked one that really, I mean, just did a lot. I mean, it had some high rankings with everybody. This is one that I think is maybe no big surprise, and we are going to talk about New Japan's Dominion. Sean, big deal on this one. Yeah, this is one of the best shows of the year right up there uh, with, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, you had the second Omega Okada match, which is what's going to stand out from that show. But just you had a killer line of matches. And it, New Japan delivering at its utmost peak there for this entire year. It's it's hard to say we're not giving it to Dominion. Yeah, uh, I mean, going back and looking at the card, uh, there's not a there's not a match on here below three stars, and the top four, uh, maybe five even, are are above four. So, <laughs> uh, it's it, just an incredible, incredible event the whole way around. Uh, Okada Omega Two was here. Uh, Tanahashi and Naito Two was here. You had uh, a match we're gonna see tomorrow: Suzuki and Goto. Kushida and Hiromu, just all the things I think that made Wrestle Kingdom so great last year were done here and almost done better, you you could argue, um, at at some point. So just uh, a a stellar show and uh, maybe one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's obvious that this show was big because it beat, you know, like you know, you guys just mentioned Wrestle Kingdom eleven and beat out, of course, WrestleMania. It just really like it kind of goes beyond expectations, and I just really think that you know people got a super treat with this one, and it's super exciting to see a show like this get as much love and get a chance to really showcase so many great stars and they just did everything the right way that night so congratulations to new japan wow just an excellent show and let's hope we get more of those kind of shows i mean paul i think you said you rated this in the nine and a half didn't you uh yeah this was i gave three shows a nine and a half over 2017 dominion was one wrestle kingdom was the other and nxt's takeover chicago show i also gave a nine and a half so Lots of stiff competition there. A lot of nines last year, too, that I don't have in front of me. But there are some of those, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it speaks volumes that they are, you know, the top three. And this one is the one that uh, all of us agreed had to be the one. So, there you go. Uh, well, let's jump on over and go ahead and, and crown our female wrestler of the year. And, and once again, this is almost a hands-down decision. It's got to be Asuka. So Oscar won the award for the best female wrestler. I, Paul, I mean, I don't, it's hard to argue against that. You know, I mean, for for everything we cover on this show, absolutely. Oscar was stupendous last year. Uh, up and down NXT. Uh, her main roster debut, I think, might have been one of the most anticipated debuts of the year. Uh, just just unbelievable matches. Nikki Cross, Ember Moon twice. Uh, great stuff on NXT too. J- I mean, she was must see, and that's that's something really special that you don't always get. Yeah, I just they've done her right so far on the main roster, and then when you have an undefeated streak that beats Goldberg's and almost everybody else's, you have the second longest uh, women's title reign in the history of the company. 
everything just Oscar had a tremendous year and it's hard to say from what we talk about here on on this show that somebody beat her yeah and you know here's the thing uh, you get the winning streak you have just the super talented wrestler that she is and all that comes with that but i mean just the separation that you have uh Sure, there's a lot of great you know women's wrestlers that came out this year and really did some great things, uh, but I just no one reached the pinnacle that Oscar has, and uh, I mean you look over uh, you know WWE's roster really I mean people like Charlotte and you know other talents like her really just never got to that big point and then you could even go to you know other promotions like over in impact wrestling where they've had some you know great things you know here and there but not really strong nothing big just a few things here and there and you did rosemary is you know over as she is with all of us she just never did what oscar's done so oscar hands down gets the victory uh, where it gets a little bit tougher is male superstar or male wrestler of the year. And this is one that, I mean, you've got some guys that really could be named the best of this year when it comes to the males. We got to pick one. We did. Kazuchika Okada won this award and I well deserve Sean. Yeah, I said it earlier, but you could put up the year he had this year with. The, when you think about years in wrestling for one wrestler, he he belongs in that category. You know, whatever year you want to throw out that was the greatest year in wrestling for one guy, Okada is now in that category with what he did this year. It is amazing what he was able to do in New Japan, who he wrestled. He beat everybody. The, the list of people that beat him is very small, and it was well-earned for them. And he had some epic matches. I mean, I don't know what else you want the guy to do. He sold out everything. He made money. It's just any metric you want to throw out about Okada, he eclipsed it. This uh, this one I put a lot of thought into because this one and the female wrestler of the year award aren't based on our superstar of the week, um, you know, sort of points. Uh, even though Oscar was our highest rated female there uh, with ten out of everybody there, so. Uh, and, and I could really only come up with two other names I might have put there outside of stuff we didn't cover, which is Hiroyo Matsumoto, uh, who had a fantastic year uh, in Japan, or uh, Tony Storm, who tore it up no matter where she went. Uh, this one, I took a look, like a good hard look at who I think my top ten wrestlers are in wrestling right now. And be honest, God, you look at every single one of them, and nobody came close to the year Okada had. Uh, so many great matches not only for the for the IWGP championship but you know even like some of the filler stuff the tags with with LIJ that he was in or uh god I'm str- you know he he went international too the match he had with Cody over here he had a great match in Australia at the end of last year dude's just killing it and uh you can't you can't knock that at all yeah uh, and you can't teach that either you so. can't <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. I apologize. Uh, man, how corny. Uh, anyway, 
<laughs> long time listeners cause... will understand. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, they know me too well. Uh, but yes, m- moving on past. I mean, I, I completely agree with both of you. I don't have to add anything else to the Mills Wrestler of the Year. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a match of the year. Now, this one was really interesting because we had 12 matches uh, of this year that we had to choose from. Each of them were the winners of res- uh, match of the month. So we put each of those matches of the month up, discussed them, and it was pretty simple to see the one that we all liked. And it had to be from another award winner this year, uh, but it is Omega Okada 2 from that New Japan show Dominion from this year. And, I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny, but, I mean, it's true. It was just too amazing not to, to pick. So, Sean, I mean, what did you think about that one? Sorry, got distracted here because uh, I was trying to keep Bambino from barking. Uh, <laughs> we had a quiet show. He decided he was going to start, you know, parking up because somebody opened the door. Uh, what are we? What category are we uh, on? We, we, we uh, match of the year. Okada. Oh, okay, so look, uh, th- this is. I think there's the debate seems to be more about whether you like the Omega Okada one or Omega Okada two, uh, not so much about there being another match that that touches them. And look, I know there's going to be people that argue about, oh, this is way too much. They they dragged it on too long. Well, whatever, whatever. And you can make all those cases if you want, but these this was an epic match. It was it had a great story. I led in from the first one. It it was amazing, and these two guys, I don't know how, what more you could ask for them to do, but they, they pulled off just one of the greatest matches ever, and, and we're lucky it happened last year. There were so many awesome matches last year, and, and we might say this every year, I don't know, but I felt like last year was almost overkill. Uh, maybe because New Japan couldn't go a show without putting on something over four and a half, but, uh, or at least on their major shows. But, I mean, yeah, Okada Omega stole and sort of captured the imagination of a lot of fans last year. And this one, this is their 60-minute draw. When was the last time in a major promotion there was a 60-minute draw? Because I, I don't know if I could tell you. Uh, and that, that in itself is an impressive feat. What these guys accomplished last year together was an impressive feat. I, I mean, there, there's just not enough great things I think you could say about this match, and uh, it beat out a lot of great ones, but this one, I think, head and shoulders, tops out everything else. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys, and boy, I mean, it, it was really hard at times to kind of go back and forth between all 12 of these you know matches of the month and really make the decision, but as you really did study, like Paul just said, you just had to give it to this match. So, all right. Well, there you go. We've got one more award to give out. And this is one that we've been working on all year long. Every week we've been giving points out. Every week you get a chance to hear the superstar of the week and we give you those points. Well, this is where it really counts. This is where it really matters. And honestly, we kind of keep tabs on, you know, who's got where and who's doing what, but we really don't 
personally come into this every week and say, oh, we want to give this guy more points so he can win this year. No, we don't. We honestly, we throw our points out for that week. We don't even really care. We, we just want to see at the end of the day who really does deserve to be wrestler of the year. It could be a male, a female, an alien. If they're a wrestler and they get enough points, they win. And we did the points in the wrestler of the year. That's almost a no-brainer. Kazuchika Okada. That's right. He won Male Superstar Wrestler of the Year, and he won Wrestler of the Year for Wrestling of the Max this year. All those points added up, Paul. He got it. Yeah, 42. Uh, second place is Kushida at 35. Naito, 31. Uh, and then you have the, both the Hardy Boys there, and then Kenny Omega, 24, before you start getting into a lot of ties. Um I mean, he won Wrestler of the Month twice, which is a big boon. But I mean, this dude just crushed it last year. You can't, you cannot argue with the year he put on. Uh, and, and our superstar of the week thing is a little bit more kayfabe than than our opinions too. So I mean, it's just this guy crushed it, and in every measure of the sense. And if you're uh, if you're not watching New Japan and you're even remotely curious about it. Go watch this guy. Go watch anything he did this last year. You're going to fall in love instantly. Yeah, I, I said it before, but uh, look, again, you can argue all you want to, but he had a fantastic year that stands above everybody else's. And the match quality he put on is touched on by, I don't know, very few. And it'd be people that he's in the matches with. So, I mean, I think that tells you a lot. When we talk about New Japan having the great year that they did with promotion, uh, you know, being promotion of the year and, and all that stuff, the, he is one of the major reasons why, if not the major reason why. And Okada's just, he just had a fantastic year. He had awesome everything. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know what else you'd say about the guy. Just, yeah, now he gets to go try to start out the year the same way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Paul, you mentioned Okada, you mentioned Okoshida. Who were some of our other big, you know, money guys when it came to the points? Uh, so after Kenny Omega at 24, you got Ishii and Pete Dunne tied at 21. Uh, you got Seth Rollins at 20. You got AJ and Braun at 19. Shinsuke at 17, Ricochet, Dean Ambrose, Miz, and Johnny Gargano all at 15, uh, which I think Gargano actually got all of his points from us at the end of this year for all the great stuff he's been doing on NXT. Um, and then it just sort of gets super duper ties after that, like yeah. 12 ways. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. No, I mean, that, that kind of shows you where we've been this year. And that's what's exciting. This is what I love about Superstar of the Week and, of course, adding up to Superstar of the Year because it really does show how the year has gone. And this has been a system that, to me, has really worked well for us. This point system really does showcase who the best superstars are and who the best wrestlers are that are really honestly working their way up through the entire year and how they've done the entire year. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is really great. I'm really loving uh, this. And I, I just, I can't say enough that I love the fact that, you know, just by the points, it, it, matched up with who our male superstar was this year and uh who knows next year we may be talking something different maybe the 
the uh, whole thing ends up being a female superstar of the year. So we'll have to see. It'd be really fun to to kind of have a little change up there too. Because uh, I, th- I think Okada won last year too, didn't he? For us, I believe he did. I could be wrong. Was it Omega or Okada? I think it was. I have to go back. Oh, I might be thinking two years. I know Jay Lethal won. I think that was 2015, though. Yeah. Um, I don't remember last year's as well. It's okay. I, I just as for me, right off the top of my head, I think it was Okada, but I could be wrong. It could have been Omega. I Who wouldn't knows? be shocked. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, honestly, Okada has been ruling the wrestling world uh, for the last two years for sure. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, that is our W2M Awards. Uh, we really appreciate you guys for checking that out. And uh, hopefully next year is going to showcase a lot more names and a lot more talent. And hey, you know, we'll see if Okada can retain that award that he's been getting. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll see a lot of great things coming out of 2018 when it comes to wrestling. So there you go. Well, that also concludes our show for the night. Uh, well, you know, don't worry. We'll be back on Thursday night, Friday morning for another great episode. That'll be episode 280, part two. That's right. And we are going to bring to you those great results coming out of Wrestle Kingdom 12. We're going to have Tom Reese on the show. Uh, we're going to have so much fun with all the other things that we talked about. If I'm not wrong, we're going to have, I believe, Impact. I believe Impact comes back this week. I'm not wrong. Pretty so, sure Impact comes back this week. Yeah. So we got Impact. We're going to, of course, you know, we'll have our first Superstar of the Week for 2018. We're just going to have a lot of fun, including a lot of the news topics that are coming out of this week. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss that show. A lot of fun stuff. It's going to be really exciting. And also, uh, you know, make sure you go check us out on WTMNet.com. That's, of course, the place you go find our content and a lot of the other great content that you're not going to miss out on. Lots of the great wrestling podcasts that will be covering a lot of great things that we're kind of covering. And uh, you'll probably get a chance to hear other Wrestle Kingdom reviews and things like that coming out of this week. So just go check out WTMNet.com. And uh, we appreciate that. Uh, and uh, don't forget also, subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling of the Max or the W2M Network. Whatever one you do, it doesn't matter. Just click on one of those. That way you can get all of our great shows in one nice package. And also, we get to hear your feedback. We appreciate everyone that gives a feedback because it means a lot to us. We get a chance to make this show better based on what you say. We also get a chance to know what you don't like and you like. So it's good stuff. Also, uh, one big thing I need to make sure we mention, go to uh, 411mania.com and lastworldonprowrestling.com, both great supporters of ours. Go check out their articles. Go check out everything they have to offer as well. We appreciate them too. So big stuff coming this year. Really exciting about it. It's you know, super uh, a fun show this coming up Thursday night, Friday morning. And until then, guys, if you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it. This podcast is a W2Mnet.com original podcast. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports.